Welcome, punters, to the Flemington Preview Show. I'm Drew Patchell. I'm joined by Nick Noonan. Drewsy. Back again. How you doing, mate? Good. After Wednesday fill-up, we're back. Yeah, it was a pretty good day all around. Um, a few a few got home at Big Odds, so yeah, six, six days early for your value on the pod, and mine was sevens out to twelves and still got the job done. So well, Good luck to anyone that got the sixteens. I only locked in elevens and didn't have a good enough result there, but I'll keep playing on. I went, you know, something small on your one at the, I think I got 11s, 14s at a certain place, um, 50 each way and pays the bills, you know, happy days. Happy days. What about this uh, Flemo meeting? It's quite an interesting one. I mean, there's been a lot of rain around, so it's still like a soft six at the moment, time of filming, but sun's going to shine tomorrow, surely with the drainage there, they're not going to put any water on, or <laughs> you'd hope not. Um, so you'd be getting a soft five, if not, you know. Good four range. Yeah, I was sort of thinking a five to a, even potentially a four, like you said, like if they get no rain. Mm. Um, it's the best draining track we have in Australia, probably, so there's no reason to say why it won't be, um, you know, on the on the better side. Wait a sec, no Nick Williams runners? Oh, no, we're good. No, not, in, not in on, well, there's no races for them, though. Yeah. No abstain races, really. Well, exactly, that's why they're not around. So we're, we're, we're good, we're going to have a soft five to good four track. So how do you think it's going to play? As usual, Flemington, tempo-related, everyone gets their chance if the tempo is correct? Yeah, well, true. A lot of those races will be tempo-related. A lot of lead-ups have been tempo-related as well. This one um, sort of ties into each other with this meeting because there's been a lot of... Um, well, these are all ser- a series. These are finals of a series. So there's been sort of all those lead-up races. And I think it'd be a, a matter of the platforms the horses have coming into them. Say like the last race, like Sean Edge coming out of some very fastly run races, she potentially strikes a slow race in the last race. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting day's racing. Well, that's uh, you, you've touched on a good point here, being a finals day, right? So you've got the exposed form. It's not like you're going into a two-year-old maiden race where you've got some unseen trialers, you've got a few things being well backed. You've seen these horses go around, and the markets should generally reflect the efforts that these horses are put in if those patterns remain so it it is a day that generally you can get five six favorites just bolt in but then you'll get that massive blowout because you'll get a tempo turnaround and something will go wrong i find these days probably the best to punt on similar to i find group group one racing is the best to punt on because you've got the exposed form you know how good they're going to be that's why i love my group one international They, they very rarely throw up a result you don't expect all right get into it race one yeah, straight into it. 1,400 metres. It's the Lilani Series Final. Uh, it is for the Mares. Um, you want to do the odds? I'll do the odds. $1.75 for Organza is the shortest quote available mm. for her at the moment. Um, $5.50 El Questro, $7.50 Pro Eclipse, and 9 bucks for Pop Queen. Sort of our single figures there. Yeah, Pro Eclipse should be the one leading them around here. There's a few behind that could potentially push forward, but Pro Eclipse is going to, you know... Push the tempo here, no no doubt about that. Should be genuine enough. Um, I don't see them going hell to skelter. Um, I thought it was a really strange price for Organza here. I think on what it's done to date, it does not deserve to be a dollar eighty in this field. Um, barrier nine, every chance they'll snick it. You've not get trapped three wide the trip and have to, you know, do something that I think it probably hasn't done previously data wise. So, look, does it deserve to be favourite? Maybe. But dollar eighty at that price, it's gonna be close to my lay of the day. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we may have a different view here, but my two I like in this race: Pro Eclipse. Its last three runs, first, second, second. Its only win was of those three was at fourteen hundred. Steps back to it today. Handles a slow tempo. Handles a fast tempo. It'll be there in the finish no matter what. And most importantly, it gets control of the race out the front. So it's a it's race to lose. It'll be there at the 200 and it'll be giving you a good show yeah. at, what, $8? Yeah. The other one I think is maybe one of the most impressive horses going around and up and come up is El Questro. This horse just keeps flying under the radar, I think. The stable know they've got a really good horse. Last prep, nothing went right. This prep, two wins in a row. Look, yeah, it has to improve its data, but I think this is a really classy horse on the way up. And I think it can win here. So I'll be backing Pro Eclipse and El Questro. Well, we had a question read this race from Chris. Um, mm. 
Do you take the dollar eighty or Gans? That was pretty much his question. Or do you take the two dollars twenty pre-eclipse third place? He said, "Well, Gans looks a super bet, but a dollar eighty for a back marker with a little luck." Thoughts? I reckon you're in the you're in the place camp there, Drew. Aren't you? Well, you're getting a horse that's going to control the tempo, so you should be getting the the ride that suits the horse. There's nothing. You don't need any luck. Yeah. No if the luck. horse is good enough, it's going to run that place for you. The only thing that's going to stop you, in my opinion, based on all the data and what I know about it, I think it's a really good place bet. The only thing that's going to stop you is the horse underperforming. Yeah. And there is that certainly that query a week between runs, 1,600 back to 1,400, fast right run race last start. You know, it could be over the top. But it, was this an afterthought, afterthought race or was that the hit up it needed to then go to the next level back to 1,400 here? All the questions you've got to ask yourself are definitely in the 220 camp. For the place. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know with that one. I'd, I'd probably lean on Ganza because I probably think she is the most likely winner. I can see why she is so short in the market coming back from like listed in group racing, this preparation. But Take your dollar eighty. No, I sort of marked her around $2.40, $2.50 um, and marked up question much shorter than what she is. Yeah, I th- like all Ganza's last start was pretty good. You can make the case she probably... Should have won, like Reed Profit just got away with a bit of murder out in front, and Morgans was a bit of a victim of circumstances. Her last run, prior to that, she, she probably could have beat Renewal. Well, that's, that's my main concern with her, her will to win. Like, she doesn't really, like, she's always sort of thereabouts, but she never really puts away a field. So. You don't want a horse that looms and doesn't put it away. It's yeah, to think do. $1.80, that'd be my main concern if I was looking to chime into it. I don't think she's no moral, but I definitely probably think she is. Your likely starting point in the race because the rest of these mares just aren't much good. Like Pop Queen looked like Farlap winning the other day, yeah. but prior to that couldn't get out of its own way. I was with you, I thought our quest show I thought she was overs at five dollars fifty. Like she's returned in very good order this preparation. Um first up she ran in a fast run race at Sound Down, which would returned um some good figures for the day and relative to the sort of um class and the distance there. And then she just beat up the mares last start. No, it's Wednesday form, but She's just absolutely flying, and she does have form around some Saturday horses' last preparation, like Shrewd in the Mist and Co., who would be part of the market in a race like this. Like she'd probably be second favourite. So I just think they've started to work this mare out, and at $5.50, I was much happier to back her at five fifty than Organza at $1.80, given I have the slight knock that it could be a bit of a cat. Agree completely there. I think we are both betting up early. On to race number two. 2,000 metres, the VRC CRV Cup Tour Trophy Open Handicap. No, we're off the big here. <laughs> <laughs> Market. Um... So, Impey's beat Scratchier, who was $2.90 favourite. So, yeah, the so West that's... Australian Pat Carey thing that had run no data, but looks it looks like a very promising type. Been in slow races, so it was hard for it to really mm-hmm. produce a figure. It's Scratch, so it's been significant deductions out of this market, so we're not really going to... Um say too much about the moves. $2.80 Masculine is our favourite now from $3.40 Pakadali, $5.10 Hat Trusting, $5 The Statesman, $7 Second Bullet and Barry the Baptist at 13s and all meet over at 60s. Yeah, Masculino probably just gets the leader here again like last start at Caulfield. It probably, you know... Well, Impey coming out is key to this race because Impey was going to be your leader. So, does something and maybe change, a that trusting push forward? Could change the whole race shape because Impy yeah. had Michael Walker aboard and it's only two starts had gone slow to the yeah. 600 metres. Like last start, it went ridiculously slow at a Chuka. So, like, Mascalino's in the same boat though. Like, if he takes up the lead and they're riding like they did last week, that was a fair even barrier trial as well. So. Well, he just kept going as well, which is the thing. So, it's not like he doesn't have a turn of foot. And you wouldn't, if they, if they went so out front, who would you be backing to, to go past them? The Statesman's got an okay turn of foot, the Pacadali's okay, but they're no sprint superstars. They're, they're going to find their best off a strong tempo, even second bullet's going to get out of the back. Imagine, imagine if they actually were positive on second bullet and lead. It did happen one Yeah, day. they've gone forward with it. And he won at Flemington yeah. a few years ago. He's not the worst horse here. Um, oh, there are only two standouts here for me. They're Pacadale and the Statesman. Look, Pacadale's figures, just... It's a consistent horse. It runs the data times you want to see. It'll measure up here. Uh, the Statesman, very good third at Sandown first up behind, what, Mr. Marathon Man, who's your one of your horses in your, st- in your stable. Up in distance, the key. One, one of many. Yeah. I'm like a team while I hide playing horses in my stable. I think the most important thing is the statesman had a lot to come from memory from the yard at Sandown. So yeah, I think it'll be improve. improving here. 
Uh, they're the two chances here. Yeah, Masculino is a favourite, and I understand it's it's going to be there or thereabouts in the right spot. I just think the price is too short. Well, he got an ultimate PR last Saturday. The same thing could happen here. He's right down in the weights. Lockie King stays aboard. Um, he's a horse who third up. Third up he was last week, and he won. His fourth up record was pretty good as well, so he only gets better the sort of deeper he goes into his progression. It wasn't a race I was too keen to bet into. Of the March, I'd probably lean the Statesman, just because I think he might have a bit more sort of upside at this stage in his preparation. Pacadali, a bit of a gap between runs. I thought that... The, Had his chance to win as well. That's yeah, the issue. He got beaten by Mwani or Shen, you just keep back to beat him. The Statesman stays down on the minimum. Willow jumps on for Teo. Can't be a negative. Um, there was a bit of mail going around the camp. This horse was going very well leading into that run. So if he's only come through that one fine where he ran third to Mr. Marathon, I mean, he's, you know, him and Waging War are the two favourites later in the day. My only slight knock was the, the platform. Like, it just seems like 2,000 metres has come out. And I would love to see him have another run at 800 or a mile. And then I'd be really keen to back him. But he, I think that this is a camp they can get the, the legs underneath them and have that base anyway to step up and trip so he was the way I was probably playing the race in a tricky race like I could see Masculino doing exactly the same thing he did last week none of the other jockey showing any sort of initiative and he just gets away with another one like yeah. that could happen I find your platform comment there interesting because it's very true for Aussie trainers compared to say in the UK we'll, they'll start horses at 2,000 metres no issues but over here we'll, we'll start them like the midweek while a runner that I've tipped right 1,500 up to 2,100 most trainers, you'd be scared shitless to back that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because it has got no platform. But Waller's probably one of those trainers where you're okay with it. What do you think of... Um, it's a mass stable, isn't it? Mass stable. stable. Yeah. They do a fair bit of bench work with a horse like this, so that that does get the, the legs underneath him because it, it's like if you went in, down and run on the beach or any athlete, yeah. like it's a different sort of work and it's a different sort of impact on the joints where it can be um, easier for him to do sort of long, sustained work because it's not as you know, repetitive and hard on their legs is running around a, a racetrack every sort of um, morning. So they, they are a camp that have a lot of different options for getting their horses fit. And I, I'd imagine this horse would be, off what I saw first up, he had a bit of improvement, but it wasn't yeah, like wasn't too much to four come. or five lengths. Like he was, you know, second or third up, he's going to be ready to go. So I'm just a bit sceptical one run too early, but I might just... Um, the fact that Willow's on is a, is a huge tip. They Massive tick at this time of year. Some intent, yeah. Flemington race three, 1,600 metres, the Silver Bowl Series final. It's for three-year-olds. It's an open handicap, and Buffalo River is $1.80? No, he's not. What price? Into a dollar sixty-five. some places now. Wow. That's a big sustained go. Someone must think it is a genuine superstar. Heavenly Emperor, $6. $6.50 Asgard Massif. $8.50 Mr. Exclusive. And the rest, you can have double figures, punters. Uh, Buffalo River really well backed last start as if it was unbeatable and looks like they're doing the same here. Asgard Massif was really poor late last start. Um, the data didn't really play well out of that Sandown meeting in general. Um, well, they're the key horses from the map. Like, yeah. Asgard Massif will probably leave Buffalo River again, I'd imagine, from Barrier 1. Asgard will lead them up. It'll put a good tempo on. I don't imagine they'll want Buffalo River at first time a mile, or first time in Australia a mile, to just go out there and lead. Like, yeah. I'd imagine, like, that last start, they'll try and get him to settle, which he, can't, he probably can't do from Barrier 1. Like, the horses will cross him, like Mr. Exclusive and Asgard Massif. So, I had him in, mapped in the box seat. Okay. Um, any others going forward that you think? I mean, you probably got maybe nudge, nudge bar. Yeah, maybe like Mr. Exclusive likes to be forward. They none of them will be pushing for the tempo, so it's obviously those two. Yeah. Interesting to be in the death seat, Buffalo River from from the barrier. Yeah, they could well be. Um, yeah, look, Asgard Missy. If I couldn't back it here, I think it's probably coming to the end of its prep based on what I saw last start. Yeah, so it's on the downward trend. I can respect what people are, you know, backing Buffalo River, but not taking that price, am I? The one horse that stands out for me, and I liked it when it was scratched the last start, is Heavenly Emperor. Broke the clock last start. It was a to-the-eye, powerful win. The puntingform.com.au data backs it up. It was a significantly strong 6-4-2. It's the one that I want to be with here. Outside of that, um, that form, Aristocratic Misses backed it up having a win on 
Wednesday. How did we win? It was gone at the corner. Uh, it was, we went too slow at it. I'm just glad I wasn't betting him playing, laying it. Uh, that would have been even worse. That's a great game about the, the lays that we put up, put up though, right? So my lay's gone out from 480 to $15, and then I backed it because it was good in the yard. And it's run okay, Miss Skeptical. Yeah, same thing happened with me. I wanted to yeah. lay that Adelaide horse, and then once they came to the outing yard, I was like, hmm, I might be a bit wrong. Well, I backed it. And I ended up backing yeah. it. And then, obviously, I liked the astro- Astrocotic... Aristocratic, aristocratic miss. How am I saying it wrong? I've got it written down in front of me. Aristocratic miss. I liked it, obviously, as you knew. You had it as late as day. But then it's got out to $8, didn't you? Yeah, you got to just chop on it. Yeah. Because like, the difference between laying a horse at $3 and yeah. like 8 The great game. So what do you like here? I'm Heavenly Emperor each way. Um, in terms of short price favourites on the day that will be the hardest to beat, I think this will be the one. Buffalo River. His two runs in Australia have been dominant. Like, both of his wins, you sort of only got to watch them to realise the data sort of, um, it backs him up enough. Like, there's enough to say that he's a, a decent sort of horse. He doesn't have sort of group class data across any platform, really, but that can be hard when you don't sort of strike a race shape. Um, I think he's a pretty progressive horse. He's got to carry the 60 kilos. He's a bit of a head case, but I think he'll be getting the job done here. If there was a horse I was going to take in, say, a multi... That's if you're able to play the meeting of, say, like him, Shawnee, or Ganza. This would be the one I'd be happy to sort of anchor. You're not scared that he could lose in the yard a bit? No, he was okay in the yard last start. So I think it's more just his racing manners. Um, yeah. His yard, he was still a bit fiery, but it wasn't anything sort of too bad. So You wouldn't like to see him sitting behind Asgard Massif in play and uh, watching Willow give it a little bit of the schnicko out front and then falling back on him would be... Over racing. I just, if he gets if he gets out, he'll be too good for this field. And there's sort of nothing that has his, his sort of upside. He'll be a, a dominant player in the spring if they look to take him there. He, he's a horse with severe upside. Um, the horse I thought was way over the odds is Phone Me. If you took Buffalo River out of the race, I'd be happy to back this horse. Um, off his last start run where he just got way too far back behind Street Sheik. He hit the line pretty well. The start prior, he didn't run out 2,000 metres. He loomed into the race like he was going to win. He returned really well first up at Caulfield. I thought his jump outs were pretty decent for a horse like him. I just think he finds a bit of a setup here. Um, 19 bucks. I think he'd, what, he'd be like four bucks a place. Probably four fifty-five dollars. Four forty the place. He was probably the, the way I'd be happy. But I, I honestly couldn't back anything to beat Buffalo River. He's definitely not a lay at all. On to race number four, 2,600 metres, the Banjo Patterson Series Final. I like the name of this one, the Banjo Patterson. It's a true Aussie race. What are we doing odds wise? Looking at here, two ninety future score. It's been three eighty to two ninety in the early. Um, shooting the mob, three dollars eighty, five dollars fifty. Bobal Main, six dollars last week. Seven dollars Moani Machine. I think if we're talking about horses tied in sort of form lines, this is definitely the race where they are just all tied in. There's no fresh blood here whatsoever. So, in terms of the speed here, oh, this is where I'm having a bit of trouble with the race and, and you know, being confident in backing stuff because well, there's no natural leader. San Remo can go forward. Maybe they really use her up on barrier one. But well, does last week really want to lead as well? Flo Meter doesn't exactly want to lead. They all want to be on speed. San Remo probably doesn't even want to lead. So I sort of had... I thought Mawani Machine, yeah, maybe. They might roll again. Yeah, this looks a tricky race. Um, like, shooting them all is one... What, Four in a row yeah. now. He beat last week in flow meter. It took him the whole straight to get there. I think the 2,600 metres is only going to be advantageous. Well, but Advantageous. And let's be honest, on what it had to do last start, that was a massive win because they've just gone too slow for it. Like, rise, five and a half kilos in the weights of yeah. what he met them last start. Like last start, he carried 54 and a half. All of a sudden, he gets in here with 60. Mm. Massive concern. I'm not a huge weights man, but that's got to mean something. Uh, it means a lot over 2,600 metres to me. So, future score I can consider. I think it's, you know, data out of what it did last start was obviously good. I think it wants a really strongly run race, so Moani Machine's going to be make or break for it. Look, Moani Machine was pretty impressive last start, had no favours, just still kept Pacadali out. Kick back to keep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bred to get the distance. Look, it's going to be hard to beat. Shooting the mob, you've already mentioned all the information. What about your host, Bo Balmain? 
It may be go time for him. What's the lugging bit going to do for me? So explain this for punters. Lugging bit on. You, you're being the son of a trainer. What's it going to do for me? I don't know. Not much. I, yeah. I don't think it's a real key key change. Me neither. I was trying to figure out why they're putting a the lugging bit on. Maybe because he pulls a bit in the run. Um, he doesn't get it. So, okay. I, when I watch his horse's replay, he's got a lovely action. But he really failed to, I'm going to say, let down in terms of getting his head down as he's running. So a bit of the, um, what's a really good, very elegant um, head carriage yeah, in yeah. the straight. Would a lugging bit help to get more focus and get, you know, a, a more fluid stride with the head going down and more better ribbon or? Well, it could do. It could have a different effect on sort of all horses. Those mm. sort of gear changes, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, well, off his first up run and his run last start, he's got to be riding a race like this. It's just a matter of whether... Again, how much of a sort of base and a platform he has underneath him compared to the rest of the field who are coming off like 20, uh, multiple 2,400, 2,500 metre runs. He was well short first up. He was still short last start. 2,600 metres should suit. What, wasn't he going in the paddock after his last run or did I read that? No, I didn't see that anyway. I, the only reason they would have gone to the paddock was to prepare for spring and it would have been like a 30-day paddock, you know, just to freshen up. Yeah. So, no, they're sticking on. This horse to be at the top of its ability, top of its fitness. Well, the way the race shaped up for him last start, he kind of really had no chance of winning. Like, Moani Machine just dominated on speed. I thought he could have been a bit better to the line, but he yeah. was sort of my starting point in the race. I thought six dollars. He kept on wanting to lay in behind the horse in front of him. So, if you watch, so this is a good thing racing.com do, is I'll give you the steward vision. So, the whole straight, he kept on laying in when not even whipped just under riding kept getting in behind the horse and then you pull it back out you lose a little bit you just lost a lot of momentum doing that i think there's a horse that i kind of want to be hitting the lead at the uh top of the straight on and then the horse will just hopefully keep going yeah i think each way it's a decent play but you know will i be unloading the truck here no it'll be a you know a minor play for me at best yeah he's a tricky race if I have Bobo. It's a yard race. Top. Um, future score short here at three dollars, isn't he? Extremely short, almost lay of the day territory. Yeah, like I couldn't get him anywhere near three dollars. I know Willow goes on and he stays right down in the weights, but like he just fell in last start against Jake's Hill and Miramar. Like he's got benchmark seventy eight form. I know he's on the up, but so are a few horses in this field. Like shooting the mobs yeah. just sort of put it all together. Bobo Man's only had a Sort of few runs here in Australia. The only reason Mawani Machine went so fast last start was because it had to. It literally had to do the work three wide, get around them, and by that time the horse is stoked up going. So that's why the tempo was on. Whereas here, they, you know, it'll probably just be candid the lead if they want it. So, and there's no reason to say he can't win. It's not a huge betting race. Yeah. It's probably one of the toughest on the card. Race five. Yes, race number five is the listed two-year-old race, the Taj Rossi Series Final. Yeah, 210 now, Ruby Saki, so she's getting in pretty short. Um, she's our favourite. Seven bucks for Desert Dreamer, 750 Pancho, your mate. 750 Moonlight Maid for Mitchie Friedman. Um, then we're out to 950 Cassius and $11 Night Passage. Um... Namarari. Yeah, I sort of had it going forward. Mrs. Beckham. Then you got two from the outside, Night Passage and Desert Dream. They should I be... thought a horse who, off her jump out, she was a horse that rode the speed and then was slow away first up at Donald, was off Mira. Yep. I had her map much closer, 1,000 metres up to a mile. Um, I thought she could be a horse that could be a speed influence. Yeah, what price is it in the market, interestingly? At around... It was around hundreds. It's into forties. Okay, that's a bit of a you know just a little bit of. A I thought she was a like going for. Was that you sniped it? No, nah, I should have. I thought she was a very good hundred to one chance in a race. Like you know, this. one day we'll be recording something like this, and you'll actually tell me you took the money. No, nah, I, I, I liked her jump outs going into her run at Donald, and I just oh, it's a boy actually. His <laughs> jump outs going into his run at Donald. Um, jumped out very good at Hamilton and a few other um, out wide joints, and then. He just missed the start. And he got yeah. way too far back in a 1,000-meter race. Not a 1,000-meter horse. His last sort of 200, although he was still beating 10 lengths, like his last 200, he was actually doing some okay work late. I, from the Prushka camp, the bloke's a freak. If he, He's into 40s. I 
just think there's there's more to this horse than the, what was a hundred to one chance. He's probably I thought he was more like a twenty one dollar chance in a race like this. So there's a bit of an overlay there, but it's, it's kind of going. He'll get back out to say hundreds on the fair. Um, well, I, I won't be losing on him. Yeah, I'll, I'll be having certainly on after that nice little push there. Um, hopefully it's not back like you're running the midweek. <laughs> I was just off the map. Yeah, <laughs> in a five fifty favourite. Um, look, there are two horses here that interest me. The first one is Moonlight Maid. Look, that was a bottomless heavy track. Gee, it was a win. It yeah. was a win at um, Geelong. Yeah. The, the data's sounder, but it, it'll handle this. It's a horse that you have to respect. But my better the days here in Ruby Saki. Yeah. You can't be more impressive data-wise and to the eye-wise than what this horse did last start. It was winning at the 300. Nothing was going to even go close. It maps perfectly again from barrier five. I'm very keen to take $2.10 every day of the week for a horse with this amount of talent that maps so well in a race that should suit tempo-wise, everything-wise. Like, the only thing that gets a beat for mine is something like Moonlight made absolutely improving and jumping out of the ground, and I don't think there's more than one to two chances that can actually do that, or a terrible ride, which is part and parcel of racing. So there's nothing you can do about that. I can't control it. All I can do is say, I want to take the odds, and at 2.10, it is my bet of the day. Mm. Yeah, look, she's going to be very hard to beat. Ruby Saki, like her, her win at Seymour, she recorded the best figures on the day. Um, her last start, she's gone huge on the putting form data. Stable's flying. Stable's absolutely airborne. It's probably, if not, one of the best camps in Victoria. Like, they, they just win races, even with backward tactics they still manage to come out and win 67 percent roi past 50 runners going at 30 percent runners to winners like that's just imagine if they rode their horses on speed oh i know but that's a good thing this is one of those horses that actually won't be getting back to last as well that's why i can actually back it in this camp because i know i'm going to get a good positive ride yeah up to the mile everything sort of ticks the boxes two dollars ten i think she's short enough like realistically Desert Dreamer was a good winner to Chuka. He absolutely PR'd. He'll suit them all. Cassius will suit them all. Uh, Pantro was beat by Ruby Saki, but I think the Miles going to be right up his alley. Moonlight Maid, who you touched on, she recorded very good figures at Geelong. Yeah. Like, she was, I think, third best on the day at her first start on a bottomless heavy track um, on the punting form data. So that was a serious win by her. And then, sort of post-race, Mitch Freeman said, the boys had a bit of time for this filly, so... Maybe the SP just sort of didn't weigh that up. There was a, a favourite that was hard in the market at $2 that didn't really run completely up to market expectations. So maybe we can take a little bit of a line there. But I thought if there was going to be a big improver, it would be her to knock off Ruby Saki because you just you don't know where her ceiling is. Yeah, agreed. Whereas a few of them, like Pancho's probably got to lift two and a half lengths to come out and beat her and Desert Dreamer and Cassie is probably the same. Uh, yeah, if you were to tell me who I'd be backing out of any of the horses to beat Ruby Saki, it would be Moonlight Maid, and I think the market's probably telling that that to us as well. I know she got beat at a dollar twenty six a pack in a last start, but I thought Edinburgh wasn't the worst forties chance here. She gets the blinkers back on. She actually has the mile run, which is sort of well, she has a fourteen hundred meter run, I should say, but her form behind Skidor like, that ties in very much with the, the Ruby Saki race, so. She's not the worst $41 chance with the blinkers going on. So, what's your bet here? I'm, I'm confused. I'm back with Zoff Mira. Okay. When it drifts out, BSP. BSP, the Betfair SP, if you do not know. There was a winner last week in at Caulfield. It was $70 the tote, $133 on Betfair. So, you're doing yourself out of money if you're not taking Betfair SP yeah, for sure. the top tote at these prices. On to race number six. It is 2,500 metres, the Mahogany Challenge final. Um, obviously not the Mahogany room at Crown, but the old horse Mahogany they are celebrating. Three-old open handicap prices. Done any damage in the Mahogany room, Drizzy? Um, I have been to the Mahogany room three times, and I've come out ahead twice. Something. Yeah, well, the good thing with uh, VIP members that I have friends of, Betfair VIP, so the big high rollers at Betfair, um, they get a little bit of a um, alcohol allowance when, when you're a um, Mahogany Room member. So, um, 
Betfair certainly looks after the big punters. I've never been in there. I don't think they let in 20-year-old battling punters. Oh, they'd let you in, I reckon. Maybe one day I'll we'll strive for that sort of greatness. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good horse my holiday, actually. I yeah. remember watching it back his few replays. Got to go back a little bit of a way, but... He was a champ, probably yeah. before I was born, but he was a champ. <laughs> yeah. uh, current favourite here is Dogmatic. $3.40 in front of not a single cent at $4.80. $7 for American in Paris. Uh, $8 Wealthy Wolf. $9 El Victore. And around 13s for Dumb Men and 11s Reflect the Stars. First leg of the quaddy. Yeah, um, not the best first leg of a quaddy I've ever seen. Um, Cut Atlantic led a field 15 lengths fast to the 600 last start over 2,400 metres. Pardon? Brutal. Brutal tempo. So you would expect that it's the natural leader here. Um, if the speed is on, then look, it just allows things to come over and they'll, they'll kind of space out a little bit. So predecessor, igniter, even for, you know, wealthy wolf could probably push forward if they want to. So there, there's options for things out wide to get in. I don't think you should be getting... Many of these horses wide. in this race are coming out of, like, look at the dogmatic... Yeah. And his last run, even like at his last run at Caulfield last week, even the Soundown race that a few of them come out of, including um, Al Victorre, and then the other Soundown race, the 2400 meter race, which Dunman won, beating Wealthy Wolf, all very, very fastly run races. Yeah. I'm finding this probably one of the, it, okay, it's the least favourable race for me to bet into for the day. I can't go around dogmatic here. I couldn't tip you anything else, but. At the same time, like I just look at all the data. Dogmatic has run group times. Like if Tavi run it backed up here, it would have been a two dollar shot. Yeah, they would have to have it two dollars. Um, I don't think it'd actually get the distance personally. Tavi run, so I'm glad they didn't. Dogmatic looks like the type that'll keep improving. It's with the right stable. It still killed the field last start. It was you know still had a lot to give on the line. So I think it was actually wanting twenty five hundred meters. So I can see why. It's favourite here. Peace Brother, predecessor after to improve, but so do all the others here. So uh, Dogmatic is just the way I have to go here, but I'm not overly keen. I think Wealthy Wolf's really looking for the trip. He's going to get back in the field. He only really has one gear, but I backed him last start and thought he was absolutely no chance. A thousand metres out. He just sort of worked his way home to the line um, for second. Behind Dumman, who's... Yeah. Like, Wealthy Wolf's eight bucks and Dumman's 14s here. Um, Bit of sort of interesting market play there. For me, I thought American in Paris could improve up to 2,400 set for the race below going on. I thought the bet in the race was probably not a single cent back from the Queensland Derby um, and up north. He was, his run to Queensland Derby, although he SP'd 100 to 1, was actually pretty good. Like he ran sixth, was a bit unlucky in the straight. Um, and then he went to Sydney, heavy track, he carried a big weight, he got a bit held up on the corner. Can probably nearly forgive that run. He's had the two 2,400 meter runs under his belt now. He's got a bit of, like, he's only fifth up compared to a lot of these. They seem like they've been going around forever and um, might be a bit sort of chewed up. So, with the fresh blood, Ben Mallon, it's always been a horse that's had a lot of talent, finally getting to his right sort of trip. I was happy to back, not a single cent, $4.80. Makes a load of sense to me. On to race number seven. It is the 1,200-metre All-Victorian Sprint Series final. Markets? Sure is. Milwaukee is our current sort of favourite at around um, $4. Uh, well, actually, they're backed in Hal Vorson into favourite. Really? Four forty into $3.80. Who's doing that? So Hal Vorson in favourite just from Milwaukee at $4. And then we're sort of out to nearly double figures. Like $7.50, Holly Blades had a bit of specking. Nine fifty yeah, Malibu style, then eleven dollars invincible. Oh, there's a few of my mates in this field. Yeah, that's a fair point. A lot of non-winning old mates as well. There's not a lot of there's not a whole lot of speed here. Crown Fontaine uh, was right on speed in the Topaz at Swanee, but he didn't go fast. No, serious. Tasmanian horse has to lead, doesn't it? It's well, twelve hundred. Like I don't know if he can get there. Yeah, that's a fair point. And. 500 days between runs, so... That's got to be a concern. Uh, Milwaukee just, and Malibu style probably just have the natural speed just to sit there or thereabouts as well, so... Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm considering that they could be there. This is a really tricky race speed-wise. They could crawl the first 400 metres and that kind of throws form out the window. 
Like Milwaukee last start, it looked gone at the three four hundred off the canvas. Yeah, it's just lifted and lifted and lifted to your detriment. Um, yes. Look, Melo Gustalo thought has done nothing wrong this prep. It's just found one too good last start, found one too good the previous start in Bandipur and Jungle Edge. It's been beating one of the most talented horses in William Thomas home. I think it's probably going to be the value of the race. Like I know, what a price are we eight fifty nine dollars still. You'll tell me I'm wrong. Nine fifty. Yeah, nine fifty. Like it's a great each way bet. It'll be there in the finish. This is a very deep race, so like serious suspect. I'm telling you, as a prime example, that'll get out to twenty fives on the day, and you'll probably have to have it as a winner in your book. Um, look, Holy Blade, held the horse that I can respect, but I'm not sure it's a twelve hundred meter horse, so I'm taking it on. At I the reckon race. I'm gonna have one bet in this race. I'm just gonna lay Hell Wilson. Ooh, how's it three dollars eighty? See if it's your lay of the day. You doesn't bet, run 1,200. Bet fair lay of the day? Yeah, I'll lay it. Ooh, I like it. I like the confidence. So, if you were to pick who would be winning this race, who would you be going for then? Um, look, I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I think, of that sort of form line that Milwaukee, I'm telling you, holy blade, he was absolutely gone Milwaukee, and he still kicked back to beat them all. Like, I still think he's probably the horse to take out of that race because they all had his chance to beat him and they couldn't do it and he'd be better suited to 1,200. He's got heart as well. And he gets Ollie back on. Like, it's tick, 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 tick. I'm telling you, it's a stupid price at 17s. Um, I'm with your Malibu style. Brings in a bit of DF. Crown Fontaine brings in a DF. I could see either of those five winning. Invincible Isle gets Willow. I'm totally hope to Willow. I've got a jockey change. I just thought Invincible Isle was very short at the price. Like, Extremely, yeah. His last run, he's been up for a while. It'll be back though, because of the stable. He drift, he drifted bad last start. He loomed into the race like he was going to win and did absolutely nothing. I think he's better at a horse at 1,000 metres to 1,100. He, he won a race over 1,200, beating Hawkshot at Mooney Valley, but he, like, he got away with a bit of a race there. He had a bit of a PR. Some unfavourable camp for mine. I can't believe he's $3.40. He's like, I've had him more as an $8, $9 chance here. Fair enough. Uh, on to race number eight, the Winter Championship, 1,600 metres. I've been saying there's a few hard races on the day. Well, this one may actually top a lot of them. You reckon? Sounds like you're confident here. What's the uh, prices doing? Well, prices currently waging... No, don't want to look at that. Just took us off to a different link there. Uh, waging war, $4.20, $5 for Mr. Marathon Man. $7 for Rakovic, $9 Romance has had a bit of specking, he sort of opened around 14, so he's been one that's had a bit of specking. Apart from that, it hasn't been, doesn't look like from the flux, there's been a lot of action in this market at all. Maybe punters thinking along the same train as you there, Drizzy. Well, look, I see a lack of tempo here, so I think Hellover Street will naturally just take the, you know, take the lead, the run mark. around a benchmark. Look, advantage to that horse. It, it's the one to beat Hellover Street based on, you know, get the lead most likely it'll you know have it run to suit and you've got to get past it so it's always a, a big thing for me is you take luck out of the equation yeah i don't think you run a mile myself okay um outside of that bad wolf was too bad last start to you know totally jump off the train i think it'll be 20 30 dollars on the day and it'll probably be going as a winner in my book uh romance and waging war mr marathon man can all win but if I play here, uh, it's small. You you like something at odds? Or well, favourites? Mr. Marathon Man's win at Soundown was... Uh, <laughs> you wanted your mates. Outstanding. Like, he was one of the only horses of the day that come from near last, mm. made up huge ground, and still got over the top of Wade more to win, who yep. is currently favourite here, which kind of shocks me. Maybe it's a map-related thing. I know they went fast in that race, like to the 600 on the plenty from data, around 30 and a half lengths sort of quick on the all benchmark, but I know a lot of people saying that's why he was able to get home over the top of him, but it, it was the only horse all day. Yeah, no one else did it. Any ground. Everything just kept on going, even if they went stupid fast. He's, he's a serious horse. Um, I think if he's not going to be sort of winning by five or six lengths or anything like that, he's going to be getting there right on the line, but at five goals, I was keen to follow him up here and back him. Damien Oliver stays a boy. He's going to carry the weight, but... Uh, much like Buffalo River earlier in the day, I think this horse is a horse on the program that will progress to bigger and better things than listed grade racing um, in the middle of winter, off-season, I should say. So 
He was a horse I was keen to back on the program. I think waging war is his danger again. He's going to roll forward. He gets Willow on. Um, he's going to be right there in the finish as well. Radapole, Mr. Marathon's man stablemate, can improve. Um, his best form, he wasn't far away in a race like the Kentile Stakes and some other high-class races. That horse is what I'd call a number. I'll always, if it wins a race, yeah, I'm happy can, to take the loss. I can see why. And Romance, I'd probably put him for fourth. But I was happy, $5, probably going to get um, similar price on the day, if not more on the fair You'll lay. get more on the day, I reckon. Like you could get sevens on the yeah. fair lay. I was, I was keen to back Mr. Marathon Man to beat these again. Perfect. And on to the last race of the day. It is 1,600 metres. It's the Revette Series final. And it's the three-year-old Phillies. And I'm sure Shawnee is a short price favourite. What price are we having? Twos? Uh, twos, exactly. Twos, exactly. For Shawnee is our favourite. Willow on. $5 Shamalas. five fifty for Fabric. And $9 Benny to White. And the rest, double figures. Um, ex extreme lack of tempo here. It's big query, big question marks for Shawnee here for me. Uh, wheel grace, sealed, collectible. Fabric, maybe. Fabric, yeah, it could be more positive. Camille and Great Duchess, they're all probably the likely ones to go forward. I couldn't tell you with, with great certainty who's going to lead. I couldn't tell you with great certainty what the tempo is going to be. All I can tell you is I don't think it'll be Helter Skelter. I think they'll be going benchmark, if not around that. And that's going to be advantage to other horses and Shawnee whose best runs have been off very fast run tempos. So I think Shawnee's beatable here and I'm willing to take it on. 100%. Now, this is my best value of the day. This is a ex-weir horse. It is with a stable that can, you know, train them 1,600 metres to 2,500 metres, no problems. And which is the Paddy Carey... The big man, the mm. big So this horse is called Camille. Um, look, it never really broke any track records or anything when it was weir. It's deep into its prep, but its win at sale two back on speed was good enough to catch my eye. They then went to Flemington last start. It's run fourth behind Shawnee. Schnicked, not violently, because there wasn't any of this action going on. It was simply, we jump out of the gates and... We're not going to do anything. Yeah. So we're just going to drift back to last, then have to go around the whole field, cover ground. And the way it finished off was more than satisfactory for me off the tempo that was run to suggest that um, Reese McLeod off, Damien Thornton on, I'm taking as a little positive. Um, they can be more forward from barrier two. I've really got a lot of time for these uh, Camelot uh, fillies and... Mares and Molly even called. Well, you've only got to look at sort of her debut win was at stall, pretty good. Yeah. And her next start for Downwind, she ran a listed race. Like they've obviously always had some sort of opinion yeah. on this horse. What well, started fifteen dollars, you know, behind Persuader. Yeah, I remember. I backed it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the reason I remember. You gotta love it. You you you're sick for the game when you know about it. Look, it's just a horse I've kept my own eye on, and I think we're getting forty one dollars here. I'm I'm taking this opportunity. Yeah, not the worst, is it? Well, it'll be there or thereabouts based on what it did last start. So, if they sit midfield, I'm hoping they sit midfield. If they go forward, even better. If they go back to last, it can still figure and run a place. Like, it's run fourth, beaten four lengths off a really hot tempo to Shawnee. It does have decent, you know, a decent turn of foot based on what it's done, you know, last 200, 400 over, you know, shorter distances and off of slower tempos. So, I think it'll be there or thereabouts. I don't see it running last, so... I'm quite, I'm quite confident that I'm getting the right odds. Yeah, Drizzy, you're our, you're our weatherman here at the mailbag. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we any chance to get any sort of rain? Are you trying to do a rain dance yeah, out there? I would do a rain dance for this horse because if, if the rain did come, gee, she'd be hard to beat. Shamal lass. Uh, so, Jane Byrne, is that our, our lady's name? Jane Bun. Bun, that's one. Close. That was close. Uh, you clearly don't pay too much attention no. to her little name graphic when she comes on the Mate, team. you've heard me try and say some of the names of the, of the horses that go around, so you're not surprised that I butcher her name to someone else. 0% uh, chance rain tomorrow, 0% chance rain on Saturday. Foggy at best, so uh, not too much wind around, so that will keep a little bit more moisture in it. You're not going to get rid of the top, you know, the tops off it, so to speak. But yeah, yeah unfortunately... 
the rain is coming Sunday. Well, this is very disappointing for Shamal Lass because if the rain had a stuck around, um, she would have been very, 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 very hard to beat in this race. If we're still getting a soft track on the day, I'm still going to be back here to beat Shawnee. Her last start win at Geelong was very good on a bottomless heavy track. Um, you've only got to look back through her form. She pushed a horse called Harbour Views to second at Warnable. Um, her win at Donald was outstanding on the clock. Then she went to Flemington on a good four track and Ollie thought that she probably felt the track, which is my main concern with her. Like if she strikes a good four here, which is probably highly likely, yeah. um, she's just not as effective. Like I said, it's still a soft track. I'm, I'm happy to back her. If it was a heavy track, I'd nearly declare this horse. Like, it's absolutely fine. Shawnee, the, the main problem with her is, like you said, she's coming out of fast run races. She's probably going to come back into a slow race here. She was even a bit sort of fierce through the middle stages yeah. of that race. Like, it wasn't like she was relaxed. And the leader on the data was going, you know, 10 lengths above to the 600. Yeah, there's a bit of issues of, of like your if racing. She's just gonna. She could just strike a completely different race shape and bring her undone. I could not take two dollars given that. Um, she was completely blessed to win last start, and now she's got to carry sixty kilos against her own um, age and sex, and she's giving you know a horse like Shamal last six kilos. When at the end of the day, I don't think she's that much better of a horse. So uh, in terms of you know launching into the prize, we had a few questions with this horse is a complete model. I don't think she is. Um, I can still see a situation where she wins because apart from Shamal Lass, I think the race is pretty skinny. I've got a bit of time for Bennett White, but I don't know if she's quite up to the class of those two. But yeah, rain dance. Um, hopefully we can get something something out there. You know, some, some sort of rain. You, you, you better get out there moving right now because... For this track, but if, if not, we might have to wait for another day for Shamal Lass. But like I said, if it did come, I'd be nearly declaring. So, Case Bet Cup this week, we are going to do race number eight because there is a big field. I think it's a wide open race. And I'm just going to go off the bat and take something at odds being Bad Wolf. The Wolf? Yeah, good finish last as well. There's a big chance that, you know, this horse fails again. Gee, I want to pick something that doesn't finish last. So. Well, you could, wouldn't you be going your old mate Radapol then? No, Mamzelle Tess is never going to finish last, is it? Yeah, I'll go Radapol. He won't finish last. Surely. Okay, so I'm running you down as Radapol, mate. I'm yet to have a collect, but I'm yet to lose in the case of Cup. So oh, I, I may have nailed a twenty to dollar twenty dollar shot as uh, the case of Cup winner last week. So something. Thank you for the case. Um, best bet, best value, best bet fair lay. I will start off. Race five is my best bet. Ruby Saki just wins. Best value, race nine, Camille, getting $41, going each way, very keen, probably one by three will be my betting staking plan. And lay of the day, it's a toss-up between race one, Organza, and race nine, Shawnee, but I'll be locking in Shawnee with a slower tempo that will not suit the horse. Really tricky day for a standout best bet. Uh... Mate, I'll, let, I'll let you put the dollar sixty-five chance as your best bet. I'm okay with that. Horse I'm most confident in at the current prices of winning is Mr. Marathon Man, race eight, horse number one. Honestly, the best bet might just be to lay Hal Horson in race number seven, horse number nine. I'm going to be putting the sword to him. He'll probably be my biggest uh, result on the day if he gets beat. I was keen to back Al Question on the first to beat Organza, and I'm keen to back Shamar last to beat Shawnee. So I'm against a few of the odds-on favourites. So if we can get them beat, hopefully we get something out of the day. So we're both keen to take on the two, uh, the, the favourite and the we're first so and favourite sure. at last. Yeah, they're, they're the wrong price. Like, I can understand Buffalo River to an extent. Like, I can't take it on. Like, because can I get it beat? Yeah, I probably can. But how often do I get it beat? Well, I think I get the other two beat a lot more. Yeah, exactly. So... We did have a late question from our man, Zach. Good man, uh, good follower of the show. We like Zach. Uh, which of the Victorian jockeys have the best understanding of sexual data and adjust to their rides accordingly? <laughs> that is a... That's a tough question. That is a doozy of a question. So it all depends where, the, where they're positioning in run because there are some runners, like Dwayne Dunn. Dwayne, I like you. I don't like you on a front runner, mate. Like, you turned it around a fair bit. You'd gotten a lot better on the front runners the past six months, but Dwayne could just anchor drop. Mick Michael Walker on a front runner. 
oh my god, I do not want to see him there. Yeah, anger drop. Yeah. Oh, they just they just do stuff that just shouldn't be done, and it's worked for them. It works for them as you know they keep getting the rides, they keep winning on horses, but. I think that'd be better the way you know riding them differently. So there are ones like that who I think uh, I will back them on anything but front runners. Like I think Dwayne Dunn and Michael Walker are immensely talented, and they do get it right more often than not from behind the speed. They're probably two of the best yep. at positioning there. But D Oliver and Craig Williams, if you go back and watch all the races last week at Caulfield, I think Craig Williams. Um, got a picture perfect on the runner in the first being King of Hastings. He didn't panic when he um, missed the start. And he even search squad on Wednesday. Like, horse, that is a 20 out of 10 ride. Going slow out in front, he just whips up around him, takes off and really puts the sort of... What was leading? Um, oh, that was my... That that was... Um, Deluxation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deluxation. So I've seen Craig make that move and I'm like, why have I not backed this horse? I knew that he'd give it a 20 out of 10 ride. Like, they, he always does on that yeah. horse. That horse has a really good final 800 metres. So it, that's not just about Craig understanding the section. It's about understanding that horse. Really good trainer input as well to say you can do that. And he's got free reign. Last three runs, he's almost done that every single time where he's made an early move and the horse has sustained it. Like, that was probably one of the better losing rides you'll ever see. Yeah, Willow's pretty good sectionally. Um... Jamie Carr, I know as a jockey, he's done a bit of work with some sort of sectional teams and learning more about data. I think she's. Where is Jamie at the moment? Uh, bit of a break, or I don't know, she might be suspended or something like yeah. that. She's a pretty good jockey. I saw Linda's back on Saturday. Linda's pretty good sectionally yeah. out in front. So oh, out in front, Linda on board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just a different gravy out in the bush. Um, it was like I used to love Katie Million on a front runner. She just. Had that in her head, she knew exactly what she was doing. Like you could put Katie on when she was claiming two kilograms, it was just a license to print money. Yeah, I think there's a lot of jockeys out there that are fairly good at sort of rating tempos. I think there's what um, for mine. I think there's a few more jockeys out there who are now starting to clue on, um, much like a lot of the other sort of participants in the racing industry about data yeah. and figures, and sort of starting to look more into it and sort of. Um, in a bit more depth with, say, some leading form analysts in the game or that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think there is some participants sort of taking that angle a bit more. In terms of jockeys who do a lot of form, I know Benny Allen, he's pretty good at, like, sort of knowing the horses he's riding, where they like to be. Um, I'd assume Benny Mellon does some as well because... Yeah, he'd be doing a lot. Um, in terms yeah. of young jockeys, I think Ben Allen's definitely one. He gets a lot of help from Dean Lester. Um Michael Poy, conversations I have with Michael Poy, I've been very impressed with how much he knows, sort of, like, you expect him to know a fair bit about form, but he'd be honest. Well, I've met some that know... They just go out and ride their horse. Yeah. Like, and that's fine, because that's their job, but there's a few others that are sort of switching on that, um, yes, our job is to pile the horse, but there's so much more to it. About knowing days. the horse and knowing what they need yeah. to do so and when, yeah. Michael Poy is another one who I've had conversations with him about um, horses written for my dad or just form in general and he seems to be one that's very switched on so maybe something there for the punters perfect well thank you for coming on um, hopefully next week um, I'm probably going to try and tag out for a week and get Dicko to host the show because I'm looking a bit at the European things at the moment it's starting to heat up in Europe and um, Channel 10 have now signed on yeah what was that about? it's a really good announcement actually so free to wear for the first time ever we are getting seven Group one race days live coverage from the UK and oh, France, so including the ARC meeting. So some really good. You have to give us a bit of mail then for them. Uh, keep an eye out there. Maybe some mail going around that. So oh, okay. already on it. Stand by upon us. Yeah, looking forward to it. So Hopefully we can have a better day than we had at Cranbourne today because that was an absolute torture. Um, yeah, let's not repeat Cranbourne. A lot of seconds, and we will hopefully get a few firsts on Saturday. All right, punters. <laughs>